Hey, everybody, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbajal here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, it is June 22nd, the week of Bellator 261. Um, we didn't get to talk about our current events, uh, news and stuff. Matt was at UFC 263. I know we just came off of a pretty uh, heavy finishing UFC card and some craziness out here in Jersey from the PFL. Uh, Matt, I mean, uh, how's, how was your weekend, man? It's good. Good. Uh, got a chance to uh, wind down a little bit, uh, as you said, after getting back from uh, Arizona the previous week. Uh, yeah, like you said, we had a guest last week, so we weren't able to dive too much into it, and we're not going to get too crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, good at Bellator 263, fun event. Um, not a lot of finishes, uh, less than we are uh, had gotten accustomed to, or at least I had. You mean UFC last- 263? Yes, uh, if I misspoke, yeah, two sixty three, the Arizona uh, card from uh, two yeah. weeks ago. So, what was uh, what was the crowd like in Arizona? What's it like? I mean, I know you you had floor, you've experienced Florida, and uh, what was the other one? It was that was Arizona was the one where the fans didn't like anything, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it you know I'm not gonna I don't like to bash people too much, but I tend to not shy away from it too much either. Um, yeah, just not the best crowd I've ever been around. Uh, some weird, weird dynamics. Uh, people claiming to be Chase Hooper's friends and then uh, crying for 15 minutes that he was trying to take the fight down to the ground. Yeah, you don't uh, know your friend's a grappler? I <laughs> mean, I... What's the matter know, with you? You know, I, yeah, I started wondering that. Um, you know, the fans that would boo uh, crazy when anybody would go for a takedown, but then cheered crazy when Moreno got a takedown, yeah. uh, you know, that, but, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot to get to, but really quick uh, podcast brought to you by all Make sure you check them out for all those results and all the stuff we're going to be talking about here. Um, just uh, one more note. Uh, apologies for last week's episode. I know we had technical difficulties with connections. saw a lot of thumbs down on the YouTube channel and I don't like to see that. So I, I just wanted to, Make note of that. And uh, I was supposed to give a shout out. I didn't get to. Shout out to uh, one of my training partners who just subscribed to the podcast, Jeff Russo. Love you, baby. Thank you for the subscri- <laughs> thank you for the subscription. He is one of my long, long, long time brown belt uh, heavy boys in jujitsu that uh, puts the pressure on me often. So shout out to Jeff Russo. Nice. Yeah, last week, you know, we done uh we're coming up on almost 200 shows. We're bound to have uh, a couple that that uh, don't 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 work out great. <laughs> that's so. that's actually the first thing he texted me when he discovered the podcast. He was like, "You guys have 100 and whatever." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then I reminded him he actually did listen to our our uh, Jonathan Burke, but that was like the one and I guess with everything going on with the pandemic and, you know, all the stuff happening in life, he just forgot about it, but uh yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, Picking up new fans slowly but surely. Yeah, no, it's getting there. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, despite last week's episode, three, <laughs> three and a half years of grinding. So it's been fun. But um, yeah, getting back to the UFC, just a couple quick notes of it. Obviously, most fans now that are listening to our podcast are aware that Israel Adesanya defended his belt. Um, Leon Edwards beat Nate Diaz despite uh, what seems to be like a, uh, you know, a fan reaction almost that Diaz won the fight. Uh, and then the highlight really of MMA for the last two weeks for me. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for you as well. Uh, Brandon Moreno uh, 
putting on uh, really the performance of his career in a dominant yeah. fashion and and finishing uh, Devison Figueredo. Uh, yeah, I actually thought second, he was third round. Yeah, I actually thought that'd go to a decision or or whatever. But I know when we did our picks that week, we both kind of like we were both, uh, you know, we made note of Figueredo's always having issues like fight week or whatever. And I think we definitely saw that. Figueredo even mentioned it. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Moreno even mentioned it in his uh, post-fight press conference when they they asked him to look back at the fight. Um, but it was definitely uh, one of those things where it's like maybe maybe 135 is where he should focus. But he, obviously, he wants to rematch. That he said that like Monday or Tuesday, or you know, following that. So I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, you know, it's definitely interesting. I mean. There's, there was even talk of uh, Henry Cejudo coming back, and the two of them trained together, Marino and Cejudo. So that would be, I don't know if that would be fair or interesting. I, I don't, I don't, I, you know. Either way, I, I like, I think, I think Brandon Moreno. I mean, you talk about how you, you're always looking for a Mexican ingredient for the the Mexican fight fans to to kind of get that same fire that it had in boxing from my people, <laughs> and uh, I think Moreno's the guy, man. Yeah, I, I first, I guess, Figueredo, I'd like to see him figure out something, you know, some kind of nutritionist or whatever he needs to do. I think 125 is probably his weight class, at least as far as being successful in MMA. I don't mm-hmm. know how great he would do at 135, uh, considering the, the the size difference with some of those guys like Sterling and and uh, Jan and some of those guys might, might be able to overpower him a, a little bit more than... Um, then obviously at 125. Uh, I also am not big idea on Cejudo coming back to fight Moreno. Uh, mm. I think that it would be a better, more class act of Cejudo to almost let Moreno kind of pave his own little uh, niche mm. in history right now. Yeah. If he's going to do it, if not, then it would be a waste for Cejudo to come back anyway. If Moreno ends up washing out here and losing his next four fights or something crazy like that, but yeah. I'd rather let him kind of build his own legacy. Um, if Cejudo wants to come back, I think 135 makes a lot more sense for me. Um, and then let Moreno do his thing for the next year, year and a half, two years, get four or five wins under his belt. Um, if that's what the future holds and then set up a mega fight with Cejudo is, is what I would rather do as opposed to say who, coming back and then him deciding oh now i want to get back the 135 belt at that time we lose 125 again for a year um and we're back to just kind of square one so yeah um that's what i'd like to see but a great win for moreno uh great dude um i mean i've never met him personally but just the 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 way he comes off uh he, he makes you feel like he's somebody that you would just invite to your house and you know kick back and yeah just always here. positive yeah i mean it's hard to find any interview where he comes off like nasty or, you know, smug or anything like that. He's always humble, positive, and it, it, hard not to want to support the guy. I mean, and, and I mean, we've, we talked, we've been talking about him. I mean, remember we, 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 uh, we had Brendan Royval on the podcast, uh, not so long ago. Um, and that was a fight that, you know, we were, we're both looking, really looking forward to because we like both guys. But like, it's just one of those things where, where, you know, it, in this current era of combat sports where trash talk and, you know, almost fights at press conferences and, you know, throwing dollies at buses and all that stuff can be, seems to become the, the bit, a great way to draw in fighters. It's rare to see just positive guys like Moreno, you know, just be, be cool and humble and, and, you know, the bring, bring the sportsmanship back to uh, the sport. 
Yeah, and, and the emotion's real from him. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing that gets me is is growing up here in, in Southern California, San Diego area, working at the border um, for the more than half my life doing construction around the border. Um, you 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 know it, knowing how much it means to not just you, but how much it means to the the Mexican community. Um, and I saw that when I was in Arizona, that was one of my takeaways was I was also there when Kane got blasted by Ninganu. So mm-hmm. it was a different kind, obviously a different kind of feeling leaving the arena. Um, but just seeing the raw emotions and how much it meant to uh, the Mexican Hispanic Latino fan. I mean, I was surrounded by them up in the crowd and, you know, and, and just to see the joy on their face and how much it meant to them uh, and their announcement of it being the first, you know, Mexican born, uh, UFC yeah. champion, all that stuff. And mean, obviously not being Mexican, but like I said, growing up here, it was, it, it hit home and it was great to see. And I didn't pick him to win the fight. I was wrong, uh, but it, it, I couldn't have been more happy for him and, and the way he did it. And like I said, the raw emotions, what gets me, that's, that's what I, that's what drives me to the sport. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, you know, back in the day, guys used to fight for the pride of fighting. Now we have money involved, but he almost felt like Moreno would have fought for nothing. He he would have fought in UFC two if it meant a chance to to do what he did and and yeah. and that kind of stuff's what what I what I find cool. So that was my big takeaway. Uh, fun event, you know, big name. Not as good as the Florida event for me personally, but um, goddamn, I'm getting used to violent injuries though. You know, if, if I have to watch one more limb snap in front of me, <laughs> um, oh yeah, because we have the, the uh, Jamal Hill. Uh, yeah, I was arm. actually at this location though, which is crazy. It, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that that. that uh, well, I mean, first I thought he tapped. I, I, I and uh, apparently he says he didn't tap. So what I saw was him trying to force the knee down. And apparently, I guess he was missing the knee when when mm-hmm. with all the the hip pressure that um his opponent put on him. Paul but Craig. um, but yeah, Paul Craig. Um, but um, I mean, listen, and then they were partying together afterwards. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that. They're, after the event, they were like cool partying together, and and I mean, Hill was cool about it. People were on the referee about like not stopping it. Even, I mean, and um, even Dana White was kind of like, like he didn't want to give too much, you know, negativity. But that that was the re- Al Guinea referee, the one that apparently had a rep- has a reputation for letting dudes almost die in the cage. So I mean, maybe maybe this high profile event is what's needed. And um, I talked about this with Fernando over at MMA News dot com when we did the the where I do my seven takeaways for the every pay per view and um Fernando Quillis who's also been on the podcast and he said like you know that's the thing about going to we kind of had a discussion of like this is what we're getting when you're rushing to go back to places to fill sell out with fans but they they're not used to holding these high profile you know big MMA cards and the, where you're going to get an official or two that's inexperienced. I mean, you would you could probably speak on that better than I can because you you go to more you you've gone to you know stuff at every level. You know, I, I the weird thing is, I mean, I've probably watched. I mean, I I would almost bet my life that I've watched more MMA than the referee that judged it. So or was refereeing <laughs> that fight. So yeah. I can as a fan, I'm sitting there, and again, I got my camera going. I'm kind of zoomed in on the action, so I'm locked in on what's going on. I could instantly see that there was, I you know, I, I'm go I'm yelling, it's broken, it's broken, it's mm-hmm. broken, and it's flopping around, you know, and and I'm going, it's broken, and finally the crowd starts kind of picking up around it, and yeah, it, it was surprising how long it took. I, I don't blame him for it. It was so odd though. No, we've never really seen that. So I, I have a hard time giving him that like first, like five seconds of it 
because you're kind of as even as a referee, you've got to kind of stand back and go, well, wait, you got to try to process, I think, what you're seeing. And yeah. I don't we've never seen that. So I, I I give them a little bit once it started going on for what seemed like 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to be going, wait a minute. That's not normal. Like and and if the fighters fighting you going, hey, his arms broken you you know it's a tough situation because it's a submission it's not like when you can break it and go oops i was wrong yeah. you know it, so i i give him a little slack there um but it, it was a weird situation thank god it was only a dislocation yeah. i brought this up with one of the big guys on twitter going you know if that would have been a broken bone can you imagine the the gruesomeness we may have witnessed with that thing flopping around i mean you know not to paint too bad of a picture but thank god that's what it turned out to be not only for him yeah. uh but craig you mentioned them partying again. That's what I love about this sport. Yeah, that's yeah. a throwback to the old days. Let's buy a beer. Beer's on me. You know, the dude obviously has, you know, tremendous pain threshold. You know, I can only imagine the pain that that would feel. His adrenaline's going. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and, and I gained massive respect for both guys. Again, I picked Hill yeah. to win the fight. So it was a, one me of the too. fights I was wrong again. Yeah. Um, I, I love the attack on the arm that his, his like, you know, it was all, it was an old school Oleg Tiktarov like focus on a limb and I'm going to get that limb and yeah, it's coming with yeah, me. He, and, made, and, he made it two adjustments, but the second one where he kind of bent, like he had the elbow straight and then he pulled it into his hip. That's mm-hmm. when you knew that the, that he was just, uh, you know, he wanted, he, he wanted to get a submission. I mean, there was, there was some back and forth about like uh, the submission experience, I guess. I mean, from what I gather only because of, uh, James Lynch, who's another past podcast guest, uh, interviewed uh, Hill for MMAnews.com, and uh, it looked like uh, Jamal Hill either wanted to prove that he's not no slouch on the ground, and Craig was kind of focused on bringing him there based on that interview. Um, but um, either way, I mean, not for nothing, you know, like everything in every combat sport and every pro sport there is, as they say, there, there's levels to everything, and there's definitely uh, – you know, there's definitely stuff to be worked on. So um, I definitely, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the ones that, uh, I don't know, man. I pulled back on my uh, hate for Al Guinea after Jamal Hill said he didn't tap. So I'm like, all right, if you didn't tap, then referee's not going to stop it. But I'm also kind of like, you know, I also kind of agree with like, I mean, if you see an arm flopping around like that, like, you know, maybe, maybe you should do something, but. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, there it was kind of a first time for everything. I I mean, unless somebody can point me to that happening in another fight, I don't recall. I know it's never happened Mm -hmm. in UFC. It maybe it's happened in 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 Russia or some foreign country, but I've never seen it happen. I uh, so I give him a little slack, but you know, overall, good night uh, for the UFC. Uh, That was two Saturdays ago. Now the week progressed um, as I got back into town, and then we got our Thursday night PFL event. Um, couple things of note there. Obviously, Ray Cooper picks up a win. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we talked about the PFL from from the week before too with Clarissa Shields. I don't think we we talked about probably, her debut. Probably not. Um, we can jump on that real quick. So she fought. Yeah, just some PFL updates because we didn't get to. You know, we had the guest last week, but yeah, I mean that fight. Uh, um, I uh, I I, I I'm glad she won. Like uh, you know I. I, I think she uh I was kind of that's another one where I pulled back on like you know the way she won like she she said something in the post fight press conference because her corner was yelling at her to let Elkins back up and she was she refused to so I don't know if I, I like you know I feel like 
Crow Cop kind of put it out there for strikers. There's a game plan that strikers should follow, and it should be takedown defense and make him fight, you know, standing up. But it, it seems like uh, Clarissa just really wants to feel it all, and and I can't do anything. You, know, you can't hate on that. But um, you know, she's uh she's the one in there. At the end of the day, she knows what's working for her and what isn't. So when uh when she explained that at the post fight press conference about why she, you know, decided to ground and, p- and pound the Elkins out. You know, I was. Uh, I said, you know what? If you you know how how strong your right hand is, then then I, I got no complaints. But um, I mean, definitely, she's definitely not fighting Amanda Nunes or Kayla Harrison or any of those people anytime soon. No, no, no. PFL dodged a bullet um, mm-hmm. as far as uh, the matchmaking. I mean, we thought we thought uh, Shields probably would move through, but we also admitted that she's fighting a. Uh, I believe uh, Elkins is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously. A, a commendable belt rank and, and something that can be dangerous to somebody, especially fighting a, a boxer. So um, I was, I was surprised at the matchmaking. It, it, PFL paid it off. It's like you said, when she said she didn't get up, I feel like she had been on the ground with Elkins for almost the first two rounds. So she had felt her kind of strength. She had dodged off a couple submission attempts on arm bars. I think by the third round or um, when, when she, didn't necessarily want to get up off the ground. She could feel her appointment was weakening. I mean, even watching it, you could see Elkins was, was on the way out. So I I think that's just one of those things. And you could obviously speak better with your jujitsu experience, but when you're fighting an opponent and you start to feel them fade, all of a sudden you're not worried about those extra couple moves. You know, you're, you're worried about just don't let them get my back, you know, or something Mm -hmm. like that. You're not so much worried about her throwing up a triangle because she can barely move. So, you know, I I think that that might've been what kind of led her to that. Uh, The the threat had kind of dissipated. Yeah. She's also a lifelong athlete though. So like we saw that, we saw that displayed when she got taken down and she was in troublesome spots. She's nodding, acknowledging her corner and everything, you know, um, staying calm, not panicking. And then doing uh, like, she talked about how she drilled because you know, she, I guess uh, Jackson, her Greg Jackson and them had a feeling as a boxer, her arms would be targeted um, for submission, and and they drilled that, and it looks like it, like the armbar escape worked. So hey, I mean, another one. I'm looking forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. I have a fe- I have a feeling she'll probably focus on takedown defense more. I mean, if if if, her, if Jackson Wink is the world class gym that it's supposed to be, I would think they'd probably have her drill nothing but takedown defense, and you know. Yeah, well, hopefully they match her up with a striker in her next fight. I mean, mm. that's really what we need to do. She needs, fun, to get ex- yeah. she needs to get experience, and even if it's kind of a squash match, that's really what she needs. She needs to get experience, mm. get a highlight reel going, get people talking about her, and and keep building off of it. Um, I, I think that that's the key. But, I mean, my takeaway was that, that yeah. Elkins really put up a, a strong performance and really got close. And, and like you said, I think it was just the athletic ability in the long run that mm-hmm. that was the, the vast – difference and allow yeah. uh clarissa shields to 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 get out ahead on that one so that was a couple of weeks ago really the, the the highlight was really a low light from the last show this past <laughs> thursday night and uh you know it, it, it's one i don't of those... know i i can't i can't defend new jersey's uh judging lately it's it's a little weird <laughs> yeah i mean we 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 go on twitter every once in a while and i think i've bashed some of the judging at pfl events and i understand that pfl has no necessary you know they don't they don't control the judges. It's the athletic commissions and stuff. But uh, we we talk about actually. I, I don't think it was BFL. I think I actually probably went more at Bellator. But they're kind of uh, you know it's the judges that come in here. And I mean I for the life of me I don't know how the heck you could have scored Glyson Tebow uh, beating Rory McDonald. Uh, this you know 
a week and a half ago. But I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I wish there was some accountability. I Listen, wish there's a know. lot of robberies in Atlantic City, and <laughs> that was definitely one of them. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the worst ones I can yeah. remember in a long, long time. I yeah. mean usually when there's a robbery, you go, okay, well, there was like five seconds where the other fighter was like, you know, did something. I, I watched the fight and I, I mean, I don't even, it just seemed like it was, it was McDonald controlling the whole fight and uh, in no danger at any point And just kind of doing his thing, you know, in a fight, he didn't have to win. He didn't, it made no difference to him. So yeah, in he, was, a sense, yeah, he already had points. Yeah. He already had the points. He was already locked in the playoffs. So he really could have coasted and, and he kind of did in a sense. I mean, I don't think he necessarily went for any kind of finishes, but no, he went for some nice subs in the begin at towards, I don't know if it was the end of round one or two, but there was some real nice back. I mean, not for nothing, choking a guy like Lacey Tebow, uh-huh. you know, he's, that's like one of those no neck dudes. So, but I mean, I, I was back control. He did a lot of he did a lot of stuff. I was impressed with to to not score for him. I was just I, weird, I, you know. weird, weird, and and just you just when you first hear the first judge for Tebow, you're like really or Tebow, you're like really like yeah, you know is this is this is so I just wonder oh. you know someday we're gonna have to get some kind of uh, there's gonna, you know you got to make people answer or at least explain what they. Yeah. What they saw. I'd love to do that, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it would like make them. Yeah, well, you know, the closest we came was uh, when Chael Sonnen had Doug Crosby on his podcast twice, mm-hmm. and he tried to have him. The he never answered the question, but he asked him both times, "What do you? What type of training did you do to become a judge?" And the guy danced, the, you know, around the whole thing, and they got into a big argument about it. But I mean, that's the closest I think we'll ever come. Shout out to the American gangster for at least trying to do that. But like you said, man, a second attempt or a third attempt needs to be made or something, because this is, you know, you got all these Adelaide birds and, and, and uh, what's the other one that's, that's been taking a lot of heat lately from the UFC, the Chris Lee is a Chris Lee. I I just think that there's so much of an opening. I mean, with the social media and YouTube and all that, like Mm -hmm. if one of these judges just decided to, to, even if it was a good judge and he decided that how many promotions put the the scorecards up now too. Yeah. It it seems like to me, you could do a 30 minute weekly show almost if you were one of these judges and, and kind of break down how you judged it and at least make your points, even if it was the right call, especially if it was the wrong call, at least have the balls to go out there and go, this is what I saw. You know, it's something I wish we asked because he's a, he's someone that sits on a commission. I I wonder if they're even allowed to do that. You know, like uh, when we had Sean Wheelock on, I wonder if they're even allowed to do that because there might be some sort of weird conflict of interest or not being able to discuss certain things that are, you know. Perhaps. Maybe it would lead people to want to make bad decisions. So yeah, yeah. Viewers on their yeah. show. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess there's corruption everywhere. But yeah. I just – it just – I, you know, it, to the fact that they can do this, I mean, it's really the only position. I mean, even our referees in MMA kind of still have to answer for themselves. They're kind of in the public figures, whereas the judges just they're announced and then they disappear and then they go to another show the next week and mm-hmm. make another bad call. So I'd like to see that get caught up. But um, but but the seating didn't change from the the T-Bow decision, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah, you know, uh, Rory well, McDonald. That's the cool and, thing uh, about the PFL, they have, you know. They, they they let the commission do their thing, but they also have their own things in play to you know self correct any craziness that goes on. So yeah, so Ray Cooper, Roy McDonald semifinal is going to be a hell of a hell mm-hmm. of a fight. So so and that, that uh, that's a fight Cooper wanted since he won the bill in 2019. So it's about about time, even though he yeah, missed uh, weight, but yeah, know. no, but he but he had done enough to earn enough points to qualify. Yeah. So and then um. 
and uh, Anthony Pettis still his last chance that he was supposed to have at the uh, other card, not the, not this last week, the week before, happens this week, uh, Friday, I believe. So, um, and that, that's the last card in Atlantic City before they go to uh, Florida, the Hard Rock Casino in Florida, and do their uh, playoff season for the month of April. At least the fights that are gonna, um, I'm sorry, August, for at least for the fights that that they're gonna fit on there. I don't know how long the residency is gonna be, but they have uh, April, um, August booked out. I don't know why I keep saying April. <laughs> Then uh, yeah, so we'll, so that'll that'll PFL. We'll obviously talk when the semifinals start rolling around. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, UFC followed up. We had an event last weekend. Had some uh, real highlight knockouts. Matt Brown uh, destroyed. Sent uh, Diego sent Lima. Diego Lima to the shadow realm. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw another bad arm dislocation. Uh, by Kanako Marata, who she wanted to keep fighting. Um, yeah. After her opponent, uh, Jenna Roba, uh, just, you know, yeah. destroyed her arm. So, and, and I got a new f- favorite women flyweight fighter. First fight of the night, Casey O'Neill versus Lara Procopio. Um, uh, she, uh, she kind of dominated the fight, made it kind of her fight for three rounds before she got the submission at the end. Um, and both, I mean, Lara did well too. I mean, the, Tons of heart in that fighter too, but I mean, talking about you know from talking about Brandon Moreno before I've been moving to the, to the women's flyweight division, I'm starting to like these uh these lighter divisions o- over there in the UFC. Definitely more fun than we you know the heavier guys as of late anyway. Yeah, there's there you know especially on this card there was a, a couple heavyweight duds, but mm-hmm. the main event Korean Zombie Chancellor on uh, beat beat Danny Gay, um, the zombie you know. Eh, He's uh, he, yeah, he you know he had that weird loss to Yair Rodriguez where he got you know buzzered with an elbow at you know mm-hmm. twenty four minutes and fifty nine seconds into the fight, uh, and then he lost a decision to Ortega in his previous bout to this one. Um, Can we but, talk about like like go ahead? But we no, I was talk. just gonna say he's pretty much getting him, he, he he's always kind of been there. I know he did have one title fight against Aldo, but I think uh, I think his next title fight's not too far down the road. Oh no, no, that guy's definitely like in the running or you know, soon, soon enough. Um, but I mean, just because you mentioned Yair Rodriguez, like, like, like <laughs> I know Max Holloway is in, is out of their fight, but it's like, like uh, now, like uh, Giga Chikadze was saying, you know, he got t- tapped to, to replace him and Yair does not want to fight Giga Chikadze. And it's like, dude, do you, do you want to fight at all? Cause you haven't fought in like almost two years. Like I, I mean, I, I maybe he doesn't need to fight. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I understand not wanting to take the drop down from Holloway uh, uh, to the other fight. Um, I do kind of get that if the UFC is offering you after two years. And mm-hmm. you know, do, did we ever find out for sure? I mean, we. I think didn't he get busted for steroids? Or am I living in a fantasy world? Wasn't there something that went down about? two years ago that that is that why he sat out for that long i mean mean, that's kind of what i thought but you know probably right i don't he's so out off he's such a non act like he 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 was something for a while and then he became like this dude that's just i don't know i don't know i don't know but uh, i just uh maybe you might be right but i i I don't know I, i i'm just over him i don't i don't care like I, I, I wanted to see that fight because of Max Holloway. I just like watching Max Holloway compete. I wasn't, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was suspended by Usada for missing drug tests. 
So he didn't necessarily fail one. He just didn't take the one. He, was, he refused yeah. to take them. So um, they gave him a six month suspension. So yeah. yeah, that was in the middle of that. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's an exciting fighter to watch. Um, mm. But you know, <laughs> I, I thought him and Holloway would have been a hell of a fight. Him yeah. and uh, Zabit would have been a hell of a fight. So we've had a lot of fights that he would have been involved in that, that have kind of fallen through. But yeah, uh, but it's usually something having to do with him. That's just gets on my nerves. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, on the bare knuckle side of things, uh, Friday night was the debut of Gamebred uh, FC bare knuckle MMA put on by uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, yeah. First event in Mississippi, headlined by Jason Knight and Charles Crazy Horse Bennett, or Felony Bennett, I guess uh, is what we're going to now. Uh, <laughs> Knight Knight pulls out the win, uh, first round rear naked choke, but the first fight of the the first punch of the fight, he uh, he got nailed by uh, by Bennett, uh, busted his nose open, sp- you know, sent blood all over his face. So, um, you know, basically the 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 fights were amateurish in a sense that they weren't the top. It wasn't UFC level fighters or Bellator level fighters, but um, you know the 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 bare knuckle aspect. It just brings you back to the old days, and things are just different. You know, you you can't be sloppy. You a ground and pound. You know, being lazy on the ground. You know, a punch to the face. You know, it it opens you up, and things like that change. And body shots are dug in just bare knuckle. I mean, it's a whole other dimension. They did use the unified rules, so nothing got too. Uh, wild. We didn't start seeing soccer kicks and stomps and yeah. you know, the, the Valley Tudo stuff, but it's an interesting thing. Um, I think and- uh, I forget who who put. It might have been Eric McCracken, the combat sports law guy that I mention every now and then. But um, I th- there, there was a lot of submission victories in that card, and um, it makes folks wonder, like if 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 uh, you know, were the submissions easier because the gloves weren't on? You know, because it's essentially just no. It's almost like combat sports, combat jujitsu, or so, you know what I mean. Just without, because I saw the way that their hands were, because there was some taping on the wrist and stuff, right? For their yeah, they had their wrist yeah. tape. It wasn't completely yeah. you know bare, but it was only you know inch or so below the knuckles, whatever the mm. rules are. Yeah, I mean there was submissions. I mean I I think the gloves do. I mean I think it is a factor. Mm. Uh, I mean again, that'd be something you could speak to probably way better than I could. But you know the gloves were always a detriment to me when I was you know a long time ago when I was trying to submit some people. So I, I, you know, I, I think that that definitely is a play. I think that the, the, the bare knuckles and the punching kind of opens you up more. Like I said, you can't, you can't just fight an arm bar the same. You can't do a lot of that stuff the same because a hammer fist, anything just is different. You know, all of a sudden you're getting a raw knuckle to the eye socket instead of a, yeah. a padded well, plus, glove. Like, I mean, plus there's something to be said for like, you know, one of the things that people miss out about the safety with the whole thing with bare knuckle and why it's safer than boxing and even MMA is because the unprotected hand, you know, as, as the person delivering the, the strikes, it's going to hurt your hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like so you're not going to hit as hard because you, you don't want to break your hand, you know? So there's there's a lot to be said for uh, for – that was that was definitely something that um, I'm sorry I missed it. I know I know you you have the bare knuckle app and you watch it through there, right? It was through the BKFC app, wasn't it? Yeah. So I mean, listen, I mean, if 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 that's like that was like an under the radar event. I feel like a lot of people were into, and especially with Gamebred's name attached to it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of those coming from that location. They the right now Tapology has their second event listed for August sixth in Miami. Oh, nice. So. Um, 
you know, obviously that's <laughs> massive at all stomping grounds. And mm-hmm. that's where this, oh, excuse me now, <coughs> that's where this uh, weekend's uh, mega well, BKFC. All the way from New Jersey, I sent that over there to you. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- this this Saturday's the, the mega uh, four title fight BKFC event mm-hmm. um, that, that is in Miami also. So that's obviously becoming a, uh, Florida area is obviously becoming a hotbed uh, for the, the bare knuckle scene and fighting um, systems fighting, <laughs> yeah. yeah fighting in yeah. general at this point yeah um, yeah i mean it really is it's, it's you want to know what's funny and, and i'm gonna say we just got share, uh the twitter live just got shared by one of my old colleagues at front proof media one of their biggest complaints being based out of florida was that they um you know not enough combat sports came down there pre-covid and now it's like i mean you know they're that's like right now and at least in the u.s it's the it's the busiest you know boxing, bare knuckle MMA. I mean, what have you? And um, I mean, hell, you even went there for whichever yeah, no, event it was. So well, yeah, for the UFC, and then it just seems like they've always they've having grappling matches. It seems mm-hmm. like you know even slightly before the pandemic started, it seems like uh, we would talk to Ray Robles, and they were starting to have submission events and stuff like yeah, that in in right. the in the submission area, uh, fight to wins and. Um, some of the other stuff that was that's kind of taken over that area. So, I mean, I, I the whole state now is is really become like you said, uh, you know. It, I mean, I it's almost taken over for Vegas. I mean, Vegas is still giving us, you know, it's going to go back to Vegas. We're going to get the back yeah. to return, but Florida's really opened itself up. And yeah, um, you know, I met you think about how many commissions or you know, not some, it's a state commission, but how many towns and people have had their eyes open, and now you know you, you start to build a fan base where you can have mm-hmm. events in those states and get the locals to come come out and support you. So, yeah. you know, BKFC is going to be at the uh, the Hollywood in Hollywood, Florida, at the uh, what is it, I believe it's the Red Rock, uh, the, the Hard Rock one, the, has the Hard Rock, Hard yeah. Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Casino. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's where PFL is going to. Like mm-hmm. that suddenly becomes a super popular place place for fights. Yeah, no, it's. I think it holds. Uh, I think it's like a twelve thousand, thirteen thousand seat mm-hmm. uh, capacity uh, theater, basically. It, so, it was actually one of the questions after Bellator two sixty. Uh, that was, and we're going to look at the two sixty one card in a minute. But it was actually one of the one of the questions that came to Scott Coker in the post fight press conference. Were like, "Are you you going to come to Florida soon?" And um, they're not. They're obviously not. But uh, it's 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 definitely on their radar because of the. I mean, you got Sanford MMA, American Top Team, and how many? You, I mean, if you look at Bellator's roster, there's a lot of fighters that come out of there to fight in Bellator, especially while they've been had their residency at the Mohegan Sun. So, um, yeah, man, who who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just just looking at the main card for uh, for the you know the four title fights for BKFC this weekend. Mm-hmm. You got Tiago Alves out of Florida, uh, Ulysses Diaz. He's fighting uh, uh, for the uh, 175 pound championship, I believe. He's from mm-hmm. Miami. Uh, Luis Palomino is defending his lightweight title against Tyler Goodjohn. Luis Palomino fighting out of Miami. Uh, Hector Lombard fighting for uh, what I believe is the 185 pound division. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fighting Joe Riggs. Well, he's out of Miami too. I mean, you got a lot of the, the Coconut Creek, um, you know, the whole. Yeah, the just whole the southeast. Florida. Yeah, how the whole, like the Teague that we had on last week is, is, is coming. He's, what do you say? He was flying or driving down from. Carolina, so from South Carolina, yeah. yeah. So it's that whole little region right there. Um, you know, headlining the fight is a local guy for me who we've had on the show, Joey Beltron. He's fighting Sam Shoemaker, mm-hmm. uh, heavyweight title. Uh, I saw the odds come out for it. I was a little bit surprised because I think Shoemaker is a tough matchup for everybody. They mm-hmm. had Beltron at about minus three hundred. Hmm. So I, I, I did 
I was a little surprised by that, but um, but obviously once they step until they step into the the bare knuckle ring, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to really get a read off of, you know, because you don't get a bad day and you don't survive a bad day in BKFC. Yeah. You can survive a bad day in MMA if you you know pull something out you know at your backside and then get through a fight. BKFC you don't really get a bad day. You, you your bad day ends uh, pretty disfigured. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, four title fights. Mm-hmm. Pearl Gonzalez also making her debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe opening the main card. We'll see how that. Yeah, unfolds. she's training out here in New York with uh, Serrano too to get ready for that. So mm-hmm. so <laughs> awesome. That's on the BKFC app again. I've been praising the app three ninety nine. I believe there is a nine. I believe the first month is nine ninety nine, uh, and then after that's three ninety nine a month, uh, which again would mean in theory you could just order it for nine ninety nine and watch the single event. Um, and then also the page fight falls, I believe, on the twenty second or twenty fourth of next month. So mm-hmm. in theory, if you buy a month of BKFC on Saturday morning, you would get this event and you would also get uh, the Page Van Zant. Uh, you know, return yeah. to KFC the next month. I know you're big on them, awesome. so <laughs> I, I just think they're entertaining, and, and I like to see that uh, it's built from where I kind of started watching. You know, BKFC mm-hmm. one basically. Yeah, no, the there's level. A, there's like a weird. I mean, not weird, but it's almost there's like a nostalgic, like you know, where MMA used to be feel with BKFC because they are technically struggling the uphill battle to get you know mm-hmm. be able to go to other states and stuff like that. So, in that sense, that's kind of why I like it. Um, but they seem to have money too because they're getting all these high-profile fighters. So yeah, they're signing people. They're putting together cards. I mean, this is a big card. The ticket prices were a little steep for what I think. I, I'll be curious to see what kind of crowd they actually draw uh, because, again, I, I thought the prices were a little bit high. But they're putting four title fights on. They're they're putting <laughs> all their faces on a card. So I guess it's kind of a C. I hope this isn't like a let's throw everything mm-hmm. at the at the wall and see what sticks kind of event because those usually don't end well uh, for the promotion financially. But uh, you know, I, I think that it's it's growing. That I like that. You know, you start now. You know, fighters. Obviously, when they're bringing in these these MMA guys, that's mm-hmm. always fun to 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 be able to keep watching them and yeah. see these guys like Palomino, guys who you rooted for in MMA, who we talked about, who was always on the precipice of getting over. You know, but then would run into a Justin Gagey and and stuff like that. Uh, now now he's kind of the king of the hill in, in BKFC at his weight division. So I like seeing that, and and it's just wild as hell and. Uh, you know, the, the thing that always intrigued me to early MMA was waking up not knowing how that day was going to end. Yeah. And I kind of get that same thing from BKFC. That's, and uh, Paul C.D. Baca, regular ris- listener of the podcast, he just chimed in on the YouTube channel. BKFC has an underground feeling with mainstream production value and talent. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what, what I get from them, too. Like we said, going back to the heydays of before, like it's 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 almost like this, like like you're pulling in the folks that that there's, you know, this is our thing right now. It's not mainstream yet. It's our thing, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of how MMA was. And now, you know, now MMA is on, on, on a Disney owned ESPN, you know, uh, so no, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know, I wear the BKFC shirt to an MMA event and you start it, first couple events. Nobody really recognized it out in Arizona last week. All of a sudden I got, a, you know, a couple people, you know, hell yeah. You know, BKFC, that kind of thing, you know, giving you big thumbs mm-hmm. up. So. I mean, I like to see it. I always root for the promotions. I don't think there's ever been a promotion that I rooted for to fail. So uh, <clears throat> I look forward to seeing this. And like I said, for four bucks, I I, that's, I can't find yeah. it. Or four dollars of entertainment. Uh, Speaking of four dollars entertainment, four ninety nine a month. Showtime app. Bellator two six. <laughs> Bellator two sixty one. Uh, main card. Oh, uh, two days and twenty two hours. 
I mean, uh, with me and Matt, we're kind of marveling at the first of all, this is BellatorMMA.com or Bellator.com. There was new updated websites that go kind of with their new updated app. And you can see you can pick fights and stuff on here, but you can see all the records better, a little better. We're getting the height, uh, their records, the fan predictions. Um, just looking at this card, I mean, Friday night, uh, this is they're still at Mohegan Sun Arena. There's a couple of fights in note, I mean, a couple of Bellator. Uh, well-known fighters like Daniel Weishel against uh, Keone Diggs here. Um, he's he's a, be- a staple in Bellator. Liz Carmouche getting right back in there against Kana Watanabe, which is, I mean, seems soon to me, but, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, it is kind of for both of them, though, because Watanabe mm-hmm. just yeah. beat, uh, beat Lara not, not all that long ago. So really a quick turnaround and, and really a fight that's probably going to set up the next title contender at flyweight um, is probably what we're, what we're going to see unfold there. Mm-hmm. Um it also is the, the first time in a year and a half now, basically, that Bellator is going to welcome back some fans to the arena. Second uh, time. I, they did it last week. They started last week with a limited capacity. Oh, did I? Yeah, Bellator 2. I'm stuff. sorry, not last week, but Bellator 260. Okay. They didn't have an event last week. But Bellator 260 was the first event back with fans, uh, limited capacity. Same with this one. I mean, they're in Connecticut. Connecticut's kind of been, uh, as far as my coast, <laughs> uh, they've been one of the ones, uh, I mean, in the Northeast. They've been because obviously Florida's on my coast too, and they're you know back to normal since since this time last year. But but uh, and I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. But um yeah no they they uh they've been uh kind of loosening stuff up for a while now, and uh the uh tickets I think they 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 did a ticket giveaway yesterday or today for this event coming up on on uh, Friday. But um yeah it's their second event, and then they're they're, they're going to keep ramping it up as they. Had your way back in July. <laughs> yep, I got tickets for July, so that was a uh, that was a nice, pleasant summer surprise to yeah, see man. Vicky and uh, Pitbull coming back out the this featherweight. Way, so. Yeah, featherweight yeah. Grand Prix finishes up in your neck of the woods. Well, I got to go, the first two rounds were out here, so I got to see the entire nice. opening sixteen yeah. fighters, and now to get to see it, uh, you know, they took kind of the middle part of the tournament ended up, you know, your way with the pandemic. So, you mm-hmm. know, and McKee being local, it's, it's good. That's going to be a big draw in the pit bull. Oh, yeah. all, it's all local out here. So they're going to, they're going to obviously have some drawing power and, um, you know, I think and, and watching, are- watching McKee's career from, you know, since he's been with Bellator, I mean, they're the talking about people, people give Bellator a lot of crap about, Oh, that's where the, you know, old UFC fighters. I mean, that's a UFC that, I mean, this is what we're talking about the different levels of fans. But if you're really paying attention, I mean, they've been on McKee, you know, since he was in the single digits before. He I went did. to his first fight. I, yeah. I, I attended his first two fights in person. He fought mm-hmm. at Bellator 136 in, in Irvine, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was his debut. And I didn't know anything about him. I just knew his dad. I watched yeah. his dad fight at King exactly, of the Cage yeah. 15 years prior. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recognized the name and it was okay, cool. You know, and then he wins, he dominates. And then I, I sat ringside when he came out here to Pachanga uh, for a second fight at yeah. Bellator uh, 142, I believe it was maybe 141. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it just continued. I actually met him after that show and told him how I got to, you know, watch his dad fight and how it's, you know, privileged to watch him fight. And, you know, now we fast forward five years, he's what, 17 and oh now. And uh, yeah, and, and, and five, fighting, title. fighting fighting for the and, king not just for the title this is for the king of bellator at this point. yeah and that's a, and that's and that's a, but i'm just saying like he's a fighter that they've 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 invested in and grown the same thing with aaron pico you know mm-hmm. people like to give give bellator you know oh, that's what the senior senator of mma but no it's not these guys are young 
and and coming up and you know they they have the whole decades of fighting you know in front of them if, hopefully if you know, god willing they're there they stay healthy and and at the level that they're at now you know the future and, michael chandlers and eddie alvarez is of the sport yeah and his dad had a successful long mma career and never fought in the ufc so i don't think he's got like he doesn't it's not like he needs to live up to his dad and he needs to get to the ufc he can do his thing here in bellator make riches go fight in japan i mean he doesn't have mm-hmm. to go to the ufc he's mm-hmm. he's at a point now where he's a winner two away he basically a win away from yeah. becoming a household name that people will be tuning into Bellator to watch <laughs> and 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 wondering why he's not in the UFC. I mean that's that's when you start yep. making the, the Eddie Alvarez money when you when you sign mm-hmm. with the UFC. That's that's how these guys that's always been the proper way to do it. The guys jumping into UFC that are two, three, four, five, and oh, they're throwing away millions of dollars by not building up a name and doing it the way McKee has. And some of these, uh, some of the, you know, the other guys who built a name, you know, look at Overeem. Overeem, they had to basically cut him because he was making too much money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he made that contract not based on what he did in the UFC. He made that contract based on what he did outside the UFC. And then he gets a huge contract. And to this day, he st- I mean, we just saw what Leon Edwards made a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, the dude's on what a 10 fight winning streak in the UFC, mm-hmm. uh, beating everybody. And he makes, you know, 20% of what Overeem was making, uh, even as a, basically a 500 UFC fighter at the time. So yeah. that's, that's the thing. So McKee's <sighs> McKee controls his destiny. Pitbull, the same thing. I mean, you saw Chandler's success, obviously Pitbull yeah. has a knockout of him. Pitbull's a winner to a winner. You know, he could do it right now, but a win over McKee sets him up for that chance to go, okay, UFC, I'm coming, you know, Bellator's mm-hmm. going to give me the Chandler thing. They're going to go, Hey, go kick ass, go win the UFC title. And you know, that, that could be lucrative as hell for him too. So just a mega fight. Uh, love to see it, but um, you know, that's not till the end of July. Um, and we still got to backtrack to this weekend, but um, you know, the, the, the headliner this weekend is, is a, a interim title fight uh, because um Oh gosh, uh, Minikoff uh, was not stripped, but he's been inactive, and, and a lot of it has to do with travel restrictions and stuff. Um, but we're getting Tim Johnson, uh, UFC veteran who's come in and done well in Bellator, and he's fighting Valentin Moldovsky, who is a Team Fedor protege, uh, ten and one, only lost a split decision, lost to uh, Ali, Ali, Akbar, Ali Akbari uh, mm-hmm. in Ryzen. Um, just a you know, I, I called it a couple, you know, two years ago at this point, I thought Team Fedor was going to take over the Bellator. Uh, we've got Nemkov, who is proving to be an absolute animal. And uh, and now Moldovsky has a chance to get his interim title at heavyweight. And I think Anatoly Tokov is only a, a matter of time before he uh, he gets it at 185, uh, whether he goes through Musasi to get it or Musasi eventually uh, moves on or, or moves up in weight. But um you know, I'm going to go, we're, I know we're not doing real formal picks, but I'm going to go with, obviously, I'm going to go with Team Fedor for this mm-hmm. fight. Of course. Um, and, uh, but I would have, I would have said the same thing, you know, prior to even watching these guys perform their last few fights. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's just, I think he, they're good. I mean, they're, these are the good MMA fighters that really, in theory, should be in the UFC, but we know that there's the tension uh, that is always built between Fedor and, and the UFC, which has obviously paid off dividends for Bellator as they're building their divisions uh, mm-hmm. around some of these some of these Russian killers. So, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, Saturday's uh, early uh, UFC card for the folks in the East Coast... The uh, Cyril Gain versus um, Alexander Volkov. Yep. yep. At the at, for the heavyweight main event, a um, couple of uh, 
fights a note on there too. Um, if you um, you know, if you're around for it, it's an ESPN Plus card, so you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is kind of just the run up to the two weeks off before the McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what we're uh, we're getting here. I see a lot of people seem to be on the the gone bandwagon, and and kind of uh, a lot of people picking him over Volkov. Again, not a real formal pick, but I'm going to pick Volkov. Uh, I think he's just a more complete MMA fighter. Um, I, I And I think that he has a lot more ways to win um, mm-hmm. than gone. So I'm going to go with Volkov to win that fight. But I do yeah, think I mean, he's got, he's got wins over some notable. You look at his win record. I mean, he's beaten uh, Blagoy Ivanov when he fought over in Bellator. Um, Roy Nelson. Uh, he, he This is UFC stuff. Overeem. Overeem, uh, Greg Hardy, uh, which is, you know, again, yeah, he, well, I mean, he, was, yeah. he was the guy that shut down the Greg Hardy, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. But and then Walt Harris, I mean, like, he's, he's got Fabricio Wardoom, he's got to win over. Yeah, and then, you know, and guys you remember, no slouch. Yeah. I met, you know, when he, when he, I actually mentioned him uh, after his loss to Blades because I was so impressed by how he survived the onslaught of the Curtis Blades, like, first couple rounds and was able to mm-hmm. survive. And after that fight, I actually mentioned that I, I, thought their stocks both went up after that fight because I think the, the consensus was, you know, Volkov's weakness is on the ground. Blades is going to take him down, finish him like he's doing everybody. Once he gets him down, he's going to slash him up. Volkov yeah. survived that. And I think he learned a lot from that. So, uh, you know, ESPN plus card, is this another early start you mentioned? Yep. So you mm-hmm. got the, the 1 PM. Uh, <laughs> I will like be, the- I will be at jujitsu when that, when this fight, <laughs> when this event starts. So that's why I'm like, I'll catch it on the. Uh, I'll catch it when it hits Fight Pass. <laughs> no, some fun, fun names on the card: yeah. uh, Michael Prazers, uh, Moicano, uh, Tim Means, Andre Feely. Yeah, um, no, there's actually fights on this card that I want to see, but I'm just not going to see them. Yeah, no, I got you. Well, you'll see them. You just won't see them the same time a lot of other people. Do. <laughs> yeah, I'll catch but, the highlights uh, at night when I'm drinking and whatever I'm doing, you know, on Saturday. Um. So yeah, so that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I think we also should mention since we're just kind of doing a roundabout here. Uh, Combate uh, Global uh, signs a, uh, I believe, it was a five-year deal with um, Paramount Plus and uh, CBS Sports. And CBS yeah. Sports. So props to uh, you know the the. Hey, I have Univision, so you know that's what that's where I record them. I'm like three weeks behind on events because it's on at midnight <laughs> by me. But you know, it's still it's it's uh, listen. I'm going to say this because I know Campbell likes to give people a lot of shit, but I'm going to say it anyway <laughs> because I like him. I mean, and I expect shit from him. So, but my, my biggest complaint about Combate is, you know, just kind of stay one place where folks can find you. You've obviously found it. So, as long as you don't, I mean, I, I, cool, you're adding other places to watch, but, just, you know, they've, they've been from Fight Pass to, uh, uh, I already they've, they've, they've done yeah. they've done the run they, this is yeah. this is about the final stopping ground for them at this point um without it being a n- network television i don't have telemundo i don't have univision so and i know you said that there was ways to find it i tried you know i i, I gave all my mexican love to brendan moreno so i <laughs> I, 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 I had to wait for a uh 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 an english broadcast i love it midnight for you is nine o'clock for me so in theory yeah. i i get a nice little uh uh, wind down now on, on but Friday listen, night. That's not to knock the, like I said, the midnight time, it's just, I mean, you know, you either, I'm an old man, so I can't stay up that late or I don't have Campbell's energy to stay up that late. Cause he's live on 
on the stuff all the time, but um, good stuff happening over there, man. I mean, they had that all women's card. Uh, like I said, I'm 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 weeks behind them because I record them. Um, I'm weeks behind, so my 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 time is off. But they had an all women's event that was just amazing to me. That I was like, you know, it, it, there's a reason why he's he's trolling, you know, bigger outlets and bigger folks out there. And it's rightfully so because there, there's a lot of good fights happening that people, if you're not watching, you need to start watching. Well, a lot of people will now. People like yeah. me, a lot of now I can call people and go, hey, tune into this channel. You mm-hmm. know, it, whereas before it's 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 just harder to do and it's not an English broadcast. And I can watch MMA in any language, but not everybody is as uh, as flexible with that. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's great and, and I look forward to it. And, and obviously, I, you know, I've looked to try to support it. I've supported them in the past when when I was able to get my hands on their product. So uh, I look forward to doing that again now. So that's g- great news for them. And in another event, they kick it off on uh, CBS Sports Network this Friday night. So uh, immediately immediate dividends really going into the, this, this deal that they just worked out. So um you know, whether they get a million more viewers, they at least get one more with me. So we will, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be watching Friday night, but, um, massive, massive amount of action. Uh, it, there's going to be a lot to, uh, catch up on next week. Um, yes, sir. Hopefully uh, we'll have a guest. We had one book, but, uh, stuff can, cause you know, these stuff happens, but um, you know, I mean, I got a couple of fighter interviews coming up. Um, and we're, we're going to have, I spoke with, uh, uh, someone that's willing to help us get some more, uh, some get some more ladies on this on this podcast because we don't have enough ladies on here and we you know we try to get everything from not just the fight you know fighters and you know promoters managers but you know a couple of book authors on here um hopefully we'll get other stuff you know in the future but i mean coast to coast combat hour ain't going nowhere nope 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 we survived the speed bump last week (laughs) and uh, and we're gonna keep going but uh you know uh, joking aside um Obviously, we are still grateful that Paul Teague took the time out to come on the show, and it was cool to hear his story, uh, and we'll be rooting for him this Saturday night. So best of luck to Paul Teague uh, as he ventures down to the BKFC scene down there in Miami. So, um, you know, uh, that kind of takes us out for this weekend. Uh, Fans can always check us out at allaccessmma.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Combat Hour at Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Edit Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Have a great week, Ed. Uh, look forward to kicking off all this action as the week uh, winds down. And uh, again, best of luck to Paul Teague as he uh, as he enters the uh, uh, squared circle this this Saturday. Paul right? Teague, Joey Beltran, and everybody else that's been associated yep. with this podcast. We lock Chris Lytle, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Have a have a great week. Uh, look forward to the show, and uh, that's it. Have a great Peace. night, Ed. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, 
bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.